Um, last night, my wife and I, along with April, I mean, we don't hang out with her, but, you know, whatever. I mean, no, we went to the fair and we watched, uh, you guys ever heard of the band Foreigner? Oh, Foreigner. I don't even know all the songs that they sing, but, um, you know, when you go and you hear them, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that song. I've heard that song. And there's so many songs. They have a lot of songs that are on the radio. Um, anyway, I bring it up because of this. As I'm watching and I'm sitting there and enjoying, mostly enjoying the music, um, we're mostly enjoying all the crazy people there. And uh, I'll tell you what, guys, the world sure knows how to get drunk and have a good time for something that's totally worthless, right? Now, obviously, the people there aren't worthless. God loves them. Jesus died for them just like he did everybody else. But, you know, what they're singing about and what they're doing, I mean, the whole thing in and of itself really has no value, right? It's just people, they have nothing better to do in life than just, you know, go to things like that and, you know, have fun, be dumb, you know. I mean, I got video of some drunk guys, you know, you know, because it's funny to watch, but, uh, man, they're, they're crazy. And then, you know, the more alcohol people get in themselves, the looser they get. And uh, I'm kind of surprised that uh, people can't be that brave or that bold without alcohol in their system. You know what? The Bible says about the righteous, that the righteous are as bold as a lion, right? The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous, man, they're bold. And a lot of times the world, I think that's one of the reasons why they have to have alcohol in their system is because they're not bold. And that kind of, I don't know, I don't know exactly how alcohol works on our physical human body that causes people to feel like, woo, I can go ahead and be a complete moron. But um, I want to say this concerning that, though. I'm not asking all of us to stand up tonight and be complete morons in the presence of God. But what I am asking or saying is, you know, uh, King David, at one point when the, the ark was coming back into the city, the Bible says that he basically took off most of his clothes and he rolled about dancing and just looking like a, I don't know what he looked like, but I'm sure like a lot of these drunk guys last night. And, um, of course, his wife, got one of his wives, got quite offended by that and was like, you're, you know, you're going to be debased in everyone's eyes. They're going to look at you and say, who are you? I mean, you're the king. You don't act like that. And he's like, actually, I'm going to be more revered in their eyes. And uh, he, said, he said, I will play in the presence of the Lord. And so tonight I'm hoping that as we worship God and that kind of stuff, that you'll just kind of let loose a little bit and play in the presence of the Lord. I'm not saying you've got to dance around and you know, do all that stuff. If you want to, you're welcome to. Maybe just do it back there so you're less of a distraction. I don't know. A lot of times when we do believers' meetings and Pastor Mark's leading, I stand in the back and that kind of stuff. Not that I don't like the front. It's just I like to walk around. And so that gives me that uh, opportunity to do that. So, anyway, feel free. Uh, let loose a little. And you don't even need alcohol to do it. You know, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit, one of the purposes of the presence of the Holy Spirit is to embolden us, right? When they got filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, they spoke the word of God boldly. In fact, the people that, that, that heard it and saw it, they were like, are these guys drunk? What's going on here? And, of course, the Apostle Peter got and preached, we're not drunk, you know, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. I guess people do drink then, but for the most part, people don't. And this is, this is as the prophet Joel prophesied, right? He'll pour out his spirit on all flesh. And sometimes when you're moving in the things of God, it'll be like or it'll seem like maybe you're a little inebriated, even though you're not, you know. And, uh, and I want to encourage you this way. A lot of times people are waiting. When Pastor Mark does these services and that kind of stuff, they're waiting for the presence of God to come before they'll act. And that's actually reversed the way we should do it, right? Um, in all reality, we should all just jump right in and go, you know, go gung-ho and all that kind of stuff first. And then the presence of God comes. You know, I have never, ever had an amazing experience in, in the presence of God uh, with the Holy Spirit doing something first. What do I mean by that? In other words, I hunkered down and I started praying in the Holy Ghost. And then the presence of God started getting stronger. And I didn't feel like it, or I started jumping up and shouting and lifting my hands, and then the power and presence of God was just manifest in a great degree. It wasn't the other way around, like, oh, I felt it, and all of a sudden I got excited. You know what I'm saying? In other words, many of the things that we do as far as welcoming the presence of God and the glory of God in a place, we start out in the flesh. And that's okay. You're not this terrible person if you don't, just, you don't walk in here and you're just totally filled and that kind of stuff. You may not feel like it. Maybe you had a really long day and you're, you're here to get filled up and get refreshed. But that's, that's what you do is you put your flesh under and say, you know what, flesh, I know you're tired. I know you don't feel like it. I know you don't feel like raising your hand. I know you don't feel like lifting up your voice in a shout. I know you don't feel like doing all this kind of stuff. But you know what? You're not in control. I am. And so you start out in the flesh, so to speak, but you end up with the presence of God and it just feeling really good in here. 
Amen. So I encourage you that way. Man, let go. Let's outdo the sinner drunks that go to foreigner. Amen. Amen. It was still fun. I mean, we had a good time watching it. So we're, we're trying to make this a year. Of course, this might be our last year doing it, but we're trying to make it a yearly thing because we like to go watch all the drunk people. So anyway, let's get a little drunk in the Holy Ghost tonight. What do you say? Amen. Let's stand up and worship God. say something that's inspired in the moment. I came prepared with something tonight, but uh, we'll just wait on that for a little bit. Um, I want to read, most of you have heard this scripture and probably know it in some form or fashion, but Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I want to put that with Galatians chapter 3. Last week, Pastor Mickey hit it right on the head when he shared what he shared about. Sometimes you just continue on. You just keep going. Nothing you need to change, per se. You just keep going. You don't quit. And um, I think this is just going to hit it from a little different angle. But Galatians chapter uh, 3, no, 6 and verse 10 says, or verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So, the way not to grow weary while doing good is to not lose what? Heart. And I think maybe there might be some people in here tonight. Maybe you've lost heart or you're losing heart. It's pretty hard to keep running and it's easy to grow weary in doing what it is that God's called you to do. I've seen too many people... Um, thankfully I've been in the ministry long enough to see a lot of different things and um, too many people quit way too early there is a time to stop doing one thing and start doing another thing that's for sure there's no doubt about that in my mind but I think sometimes people give up right in the middle of that portion of their life that where God wants them to be and so then they miss out they miss out on that promise uh, do not grow weary and well doing for in due season you shall reap they miss out on the reaping of whatever it is they were supposed to reap for finishing that portion of their course, right? So don't grow weary, right? That just, you got to maintain a right heart. You got to not lose heart. Well, how can you not grow weary? Well, Isaiah 40, 40 told us, but those that wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength, right? And sometimes when you feel a lack of strength, you lose heart. <laughs> it's like, I can't make it because I feel weak. They'll, but they, they'll man up with wings like eagles and they'll run and not be weary. They'll run and not be weary. And all of us are running a race right now, right? But you'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. Pastor Mickey put a quote on Facebook at one point that said something to this effect. I might butcher it a little bit. But it said... Um, <laughs> it said... Uh, the opposite of speaking is not listening, but waiting. And I thought that was so good. We all, most of us in here, we, we automatically just assume, well, if I'm not speaking, I'm listening. But, and I don't know where you got that or what necessarily the context, you don't remember that. You don't remember that? Oh, you do, okay. <laughs> anyway, I don't know the context of that quote or whatever, but I thought about that. I'm like, that is so good. Immediately, Isaiah 40 came to my mind, those that wait upon the Lord. You know, sometimes we're, we're sitting around and we're in a service like this or we're at home praying and worshiping God or things like that and we're just kind of, you know, just real intent trying to hear. You know, I'm listening, God. When are you going to speak? <laughs> but it said just those who wait on the Lord. And so I don't know that it's necessarily actively trying to hear the voice of God as much as is you're just in constant communion with God and you're just, you're waiting. Right? You know, I, most of us in here, I, I'm, I'm okay with this because I've developed myself to this point, but most of us in here, if we were just to stop right now for five minutes and just stand here and look at each other, you would be, feel very uncomfortable because you want activity. You want something going. You want something moving. And you, don't, you feel like that unless I'm doing something, unless I'm hearing someone speak, unless I'm worshiping God, unless I'm doing some activity that proves that I'm 
you know, accomplishing something that I'm, I'm not accomplishing anything. Well, that's just not true. You know that we could just stand here and close our eyes and not say anything for five minutes, ten minutes, actually the, the next hour or whatever, and we would have accomplished something just waiting on the Lord? Right? You know, because our minds concerning times, I think many times is very messed up. Because we think we only got this much time in life. And you know what? You're going to live forever. People forget that. They think they're going to die. And you are going to die physically. But you know what? As soon as your physical body dies, you step out and you continue on. You don't stop. You're going to have forever. So we're really not in a rush. (laughs) I mean, we feel like that. But I think that's one reason why sometimes people lose their strength. They don't mount up with the wings. They, They run and are weary because... They don't take time to wait. They're just rush, 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 Right? And that's true in every area of life, not just waiting on the Lord, but just constant go, 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 go. Because we are, we are producing America. And if we're not doing something to produce, then we're worthless, right? That's often the mentality. You know, you go other places in the world. I'm having to learn, and it's hard. But I go other places in the world, and they are not like us at all. So what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to the hardware store. Oh yeah, well what else? That's it. <laughs> uh, okay. In other words, their mindset concerning time is just not the same. It's just like, this is what I'm going to do today and that's it. That's all I'm going to accomplish and that's good for me. And I'm not saying that that's the best, but at the same time, I don't think the you know, overproductive American mindset is the best either. Like, got to produce 24-7. I think there might be just more times where we need to take times on Wednesday nights like this or different times and just wait on the Lord. Just sit in your easy chair. Don't even talk to him. Just think about him. Just sit there. <laughs> i tell you what, you sense a, a, a renewing and strength and a non-weariness coming to you. Amen? So why don't we do that for just a few minutes? Maybe, maybe they can play. Maybe not. Let's just have it totally silent just for a few minutes. Let's just sit here for a minute. You can stand or sit. And just set your mind on the Lord. I know for some of you this is going to be very hard. But you know what? Part of going deep is training yourself in disciplines you're not used to. Amen? Whether it's praying or worshiping or anything. So let's, let's just sit for a minute. And let's just wait on the Lord. Don't work your brain to try to hear his voice. <laughs> just sit. Relax.
to sleep on me. Doesn't that feel good? Just to quiet yourself. I encourage you, if you need to make a decision, do that. Take some time. Don't, people, a lot of people make really bad decisions when they're rash about their decisions, right? And quick. And sometimes in the heat of a moment or in, I mean, you name, we all of us have things that come to our lives. We do and say and make decisions that maybe later we wouldn't have had we just taken some time just like that and just be quiet and wait. Amen? I found for myself, too, that if I'm tired, it's just really smart to go take a nap first and then deal with whatever you have to deal with. <laughs> right? It'll really help you. I like to wait on the Lord in my sleep. <laughs> I'm just setting myself for dream, up for dreams. Amen. I feel strengthened. Do you? Tim doesn't. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hard to see people. I guess I'll come out of the light. So don't quit. Who I don't know who's in here. It feels like quitting mid mid section of your little course right here. Don't quit. Don't grow weary. That verse in and of itself entails the fact that there will be wearisome things that come to you to cause you to grow weary. You can expect it. And I'll tell you a little secret. One of the most wearisome things in the world are people. (laughs) I think that's one reason why Jesus got away (laughs) quite often by himself with the Lord. Because he's constantly around people and constantly being drawn on and it's just wearisome. It really is. People pulling on you for whatever. I mean, just think about your kids. If you got kids, that's why you got to get away every now and again. Right? They just pull and pull and pull. And they're not bad little beings. They're just kids, you know? But it's, it can be wearisome. And then, you know, when you're doing whatever it is that God's called you to do in this life, right here, right now, it can be very wearisome. So don't quit. If you have direction to go a different way, fine. Talk about it, you know, whatever. But don't quit in the middle of it. Reap what you're supposed to reap in this season of your life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. It's good. I feel good. Amen. Amen. How are you guys? Are you strengthened? (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to share, I think, what I had in my heart to share um, as far as the Word goes. And I hope it will be a blessing to you and help you. I think it will help you run your race if you, as you listen to what I'm about to tell you. I don't know. For me, a great motivator for doing and accomplishing something is the reward at the end of whatever it is I'm doing. Right? Now... I guarantee almost everyone here is lying if you don't look forward to the paycheck that's coming at the end of the two weeks or a week or whatever it is that you do for that period of, you know, labor, right? I mean, who doesn't look forward to that reward? Well, everyone does. In fact, it's first, it's a sad reality, but it's one of the only reasons why some people continue to do whatever it is that they're doing. They hate it, but they do it for the reward, at the end of that week or two weeks or whatever it is your pay schedule is or pay period is. Isn't that right? In other words, the vision of a prize or the vision of a reward will oftentimes cause people to push through things they don't like. Isn't that right? I mean, if you know something good's coming and all you knew you, you had to do was wait it out or do your job, so to speak, and at the end of it you would get whatever it is that was promised to you as a reward, most of us could just, you know push through the hard times, and, uh, and then get the reward, right? So I hope 
what, you know, what I'm going to share tonight, I hope that it helps you run your race. I hope that it encourages you to want to continue and not quit, right? I want you to push on and push through the hard times. Because I'll tell you what, what the enemy does and tries to do is get people to quit so that they miss out on the fullness of what God would have for them. And not just here, but what's coming. And I'll tell you what, guys, I am so excited about the things that are coming. Right? I'm excited about what I'm doing now. I'm excited about life now. But I am so excited about Jesus returning, about the millennial reign, about what's coming after that. I am so excited to put off this tent and put on my spiritual body. Amen. And actually, that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight, your spiritual body and what that's going to be like. Because for a lot of people, they have never thought about these things. They don't even know that they exist. See, much of the church has been either not, not necessarily wrongly taught, but just not taught it at all to even know what's going to happen. You know, when we give altar calls and things like that, there's nothing wrong with talking about, yeah, you miss hell and you gain heaven, because that is absolutely true. But you know what? Uh, Joe did a great job last week talking about communion when he said the, the important thing is coming back into right relationship with God. That's the truth. That's reality. And that's what the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did for you. You know, people don't, haven't realized this, but you know, heaven wasn't made for us. We were never supposed to go to heaven. We were supposed to be here on earth, living forever. People are like, well, well then how come people die and go to heaven? Well, we've got to go back to the beginning, right? Adam and Eve kind of messed that up. And of course, God made a way so that he could put us in a holding tank till we come back. The holding tank is heaven for a period of time. But you know you're coming back. <laughs> I don't want to come back. Well, let me tell you something. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. And you're not going to have the body that you currently have uh, getting in the way in any way, shape, or form. The body that God is going to give you is going to be so awesome. You're going to be so glad that you believed on Jesus Christ, pre-seeing him. It will be so worth it. You will be like, I can't believe I ever even questioned this. It's going to be that good. Can you imagine? Wouldn't it be awesome just to be able to walk through that wall over there? You're going to be able to. Wouldn't it be, happen, wouldn't it be awesome just to be able to appear places? You're going to be able to. Wouldn't it be awesome to actually sit down with, you know, the mortals that just still have that natural flesh? <laughs> and go ahead and eat with them. Commune with them. We're going to be able to do that. It's going to be awesome. You know that everything in the Word of God or everything about the kingdom of God starts with a seed. Seed time and harvest is a huge thing with God, right? God's Word is the incorruptible seed. You know, most of you probably ate dinner before you came tonight. Everything you ate started out as a seed. I like planting gardens and things like that because it amazes me. You put a little itty-bitty seed that you don't even know what it is, unless you're an expert in that, but you don't even know what it is. You plant it in the ground, and, you know, with the right stuff, it grows, and it produces luscious fruit. And it all started in that little seed, and it's just amazing. That blows my mind. I don't know if that blows anybody else's mind, but that's crazy. Every one of you sitting here tonight started out as two little seeds. <laughs> that became one seed, or that became one thing, and then multiplied, and here you are. Isn't that crazy? As complex as we are, we started out as seeds. This is how God's kingdom works. This is how everything in the kingdom of God works. It starts out as a seed. Do you know that right now the body that you have is a seed for the spiritual body you're going to have here in just a little while? I say just a little while because I think the Lord's soon, but just a little while. This physical body right here, right, as you see, is a seed for the spiritual body that is coming to me shortly. Amen. <laughs> do you know concerning jesus body people people sometimes don't think about these things but i think it's important that we think about these things when jesus was raised from the dead what was his body like you know i mentioned walking through walls the reason i mentioned that because jesus did that he appeared to places in his glorified spiritual body you know when jesus was raised from the dead and he was in the garden and the woman saw him and she was going to embrace him he said don't touch me i haven't presented my blood on the mercy seat yet right no doubt when he came back she was able to give him a hug but he went up there in his glorified raised spiritual body and placed his blood on a seat what does that tell you about the body that you're going to have you're going to be able to do the same thing a body that will allow you to access two worlds the spirit unseen world and the natural seen world 
you're going to have that same body. That's awesome. That's exciting. What else did Jesus do when he came back and fellowship with his disciples for 40 days? The Bible says for 40 days, he appeared to multitudes of people, 500 at one time. I think the number that I counted at one point was like 518 people or something like that, as you count them, but there's probably more. But he appeared to people. What was he doing with them? He was talking with them. He was letting them touch them. He was eating with them, all these types of things. What does that tell me about the spiritual body that I am going to have someday? I'll be able to do the same thing. How do I know that? Well, because the scripture tells me that it's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but what we do know is when we see him, we'll be just like him. Somebody say, well, that's spiritually, right? No, because spiritually in Christ, you are already just like him. So it's not talking about the spiritual part of of man. I'm already just like him because I'm in him, right? But it's talking about the physical part of him, the, the spiritual body part of him. This body is awesome. Somebody say, well, Pastor Allen, who cares? I don't care about my spiritual body. What difference does it make? Yeah, you do care because it's what's coming. And it's going to be awesome and you're going to enjoy it. In other words, it's something to look forward to. And we're talking about the reward at the end. Now, the body in and of itself isn't a reward. That's just the planting of your natural body as a seed. There is other reward that's coming. Jesus, or the scripture specifically mentions five crowns that I can think of. But... Each and every one of us, what we're doing right here, right now, what we're doing in our lives, in the call of God in our lives, is setting up for us differing measures of glory that our bodies, spiritual bodies, will radiate in throughout eternity. See, people haven't, have maybe read these scriptures, but they haven't understood them. They haven't understood exactly what's coming. But it's exciting. Isn't it amazing that Jesus had holes in his body? Now, I believe he purposely let them. I guess if you have a hole in your body right now, your spiritual body won't, but... He purposely let them stay there for a reason. Thomas got to touch him, put his finger in there, put his hand in his side. Isn't it awesome that his spiritual body uh, could have a hole in it and not bleed? Just think, you won't have to ever bleed again. You could get hurt, so to speak, and not bleed. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 49, and let's go there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. In 1 Corinthians 15, 49, it says, As we have borne the image of the man of the dust, so shall, also, so shall we also bear the image of the heavenly man. So just like we bear a natural body like Adam had, so we're going to have a spiritual body just like Jesus has. And you know what? Your spirit right now is crying out for this, whether you realize it or not. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1 says, For we know that if our earthly earthly body or our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. See, right now your spirit's like, oh, I can't be, I can't wait to be clothed with the habitation that is immortal. And that's what Jesus' body is. You know, Jesus' body is never going to die again. A million Romans and all the Jewish leaders in the world can never put him on a cross again and kill him. That body can't die. It's a spiritual body. It's the body that you're going to have, right? You know what that body does for you and me? It allows us to access heaven and it allows us to access this earth. Contrary to what psychics or mediums or different ones in our world today would have people believe that there's disembodied human spirits walking around the earth, communing with family, you know, telling them stuff and all that kind of stuff. That's not happening. People, when they die, they go one of two places. They go up to be in the presence of God, or they go down to be away from the presence of God. They don't wander around the earth, you know, haunting houses and that kind of stuff. No doubt there are spirits doing those things, but they're not human spirits, right? And when it comes to psychics and mediums, well, what about that? They get things right and that kind of stuff. Yeah, big deal. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah, the Bible calls them familiar spirits, Right? Do you know that that demons have been around and Satan's been around a long time? He knows a lot about your life. Right? So those people, those psychics and mediums, they're not inspired by God. They're just yielding to spirits that know a lot about your life. That doesn't mean a 
lost or a loved one who died and went before is sharing information with them so that they can, you know, share that with you so you can be comforted. Just just know this that human spirits are in one of two places right now. Now, when Jesus comes back, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, each and every one of us is going to get a glorified body. And that body will give us access to heaven and earth, just like Jesus has access. You know, Jesus is still continuing his ministry today in the earth, right? Now, oh, I thought he's at the right... Well, I'm sure he spends some time at the right hand of God. But you know what? He spends a lot of time on the earth, appearing to people, talking to people, doing things for people, right? His glorified body allows him to have access to both. Your glorified body that's coming shortly is going to allow you access to both. You know, Jesus talks about going and preparing a place for us in heaven. No doubt that there's uh, great places of habitation and living and that kind of stuff in heaven. But you know what? When we come back with the Lord in the new Jerusalem, my guess is that we're going to be able to hang out in heaven and on earth or have a choice. Hey, Lord, I'm going to go take a vacation in heaven. Deal with the natural people for a little while. (laughs) Some some say, well, that's crazy. Well, the Lord does that right now. Heaven is the abode of the angels. The angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. They're not all on the earth all the time. They're back and forth doing different things. I I would dare say if we could look into the spirit right now, we would see just a flurry of activity amongst angelic beings. They're doing stuff for God, right? But their abode is heaven. Our abode, the abode that God created for mankind, was earth, is earth, and always will be earth. But the cool thing about the spiritual body that you're going to have someday, which is so exciting to me, is that it's going to allow you to travel places that your natural human body... See, this body has limitations, doesn't it? The body you're going to get has zero limitations. It's going to be awesome. You know, I I say this sometimes to people to encourage them about fulfilling the will of God. Don't worry about seeing everything and doing everything on this planet while you still have breath. Don't worry about getting to retirement age and having a million bucks saved so that you can travel to X, Y, and Z places and see all these places and enjoy them. Why? Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Nothing wrong with it. But don't be so concerned or consumed with that. Because in one sense, it doesn't really matter. But in another sense, you're going to be able to do it. And even then, you probably won't even care. I don't know. But you're going to be able to do it. He goes, I want to see the Greek islands. Well, guess what? you got a thousand years on the millennial crane of Christ. I'm sure you can say, Lord, taking the day off, going to go see the Greek islands. Go for it. Right? But people, because their mindset is so... I don't know, it's just because they haven't been taught. That's the only thing I can think of, or they just haven't seen it themselves in the Word of God. They just think, I've only got this 80-year period of my life to do everything I want to do. And then, so i gotta, you know, I got to pack it all in. No, be more concerned about fulfilling your call. Be more concerned about fulfilling the plan and purpose of God for your life than about any of those other things, because you're going to be able to enjoy innumerable things when you get your spiritual body. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, you're going to want to do that because... What you do with the plan and purpose of God for your life is determining the measure of the glory that your spiritual body will be raised in. This, your body is a seed. And depending on the glory of your seed, when it's sown, will determine the, the, the amount of the glory when it's raised. Are you telling me, Pastor Allen, that some people will be more glorious than others? Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Some people will shine brighter than others. Well, that's not fair. Well, some people decided to obey God and some didn't. It has nothing to do with fair. It has everything to do with some, somebody decided to do what God said and somebody decided to do their own thing. You made heaven, praise God. But you're shining like the moon instead of the sun. You, you make the choice. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 21 says, Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Amen? You know, it's not until we get our spiritual glorified bodies that we'll have a right to operate here in the earth doing the ministry, continuing the ministry that we're already doing. People haven't realized this, but did you know that every person that's born is born with uh, callings and gifts that are irrevocable? They're never going to change. They're never going to pass away. They never go away. Jackson, my little boy, he has a call in his life. 
He has anointings. He has gifts that God's placed in him. You know, if Jesus were to come back tomorrow, that doesn't circumvent the call and gift of God on his life. Why? Because he's going to grow up and he's going to serve him during the millennium. And I'll blow your mind here a little bit. And he's going to grow up and he's going to serve him after the millennium. Sometimes people have things on their heart or things on the inside of them that they feel like, man, I want to do, I want to accomplish. I feel like God really wants me to do this. Hey, get after it. Do what you need to do. Get trained. Get equipped. Do all the things you need to do and start heading that direction. Preparing, doing, walking. You know what? I'm preparing right now for what God is having me do and going to have me do. But when I get there, you know what? I'll be preparing for doing the next thing that he's having me do. I'm always going to be preparing and doing, preparing and doing, preparing and doing. And so are you. But your gifts and your callings are irrevocable. Sometimes people get saved when they're 80 years old or whatever, and they die in a year or whatever, and they didn't even, they didn't even walk in the gifts and callings of God in their life. They didn't even get started on the plan and purpose of God for their life. Right? But that didn't change what God put in them. That didn't change the gifts that he placed on them. Those things are irrevocable. He's not taking them back. They, they just got a later start. But God's still going to use them. God's still going to flow through them. He's still going to... Uh, uh, as the bride, they're still going to be one of the ones calling out to the natural man to the millennial reign. Come, all you who thirst. Come, partake of the water of life freely. That's what we're going to be doing. Do you know that you're going to be preaching forever? Well, I don't want to preach. Well, you should be preaching now, even if you don't want to preach, right? Every one of us has been given the ministry of reconciliation. There's not a single person in here, you know, you, you, you might say, well, that's your gift, Pastor Alan. You're an evangelist type person, whatever. That's, uh, I, I, you know, I do this. I don't do that. But you know what? That might be a gift or a calling on my life to equip saints for that type of stuff. But every one of us is supposed to be preaching the message of the cross. Every one of us is supposed to be reconciling the world unto God. Right? And every one of you has that ability. You really do. You may not feel like it, you may not think it, but you really do. You know that right now that certain angels have the ability to access not only heaven, but earth in a bodily form? The Bible says in Hebrews 13 that don't, or, or remember to uh, be hospitable to strangers, for in doing so some have entertained angels unawares. I mean, you can look in the Old Testament when certain angels came down to Sodom and Gomorrah. They thought these guys were natural guys. So much so, they were wanting to do all sorts of wicked things with them. Right? And of course, that city got burned, but... <laughs> so there's some class of angels, I don't know what they are necessarily, but they have an ability to take on human form that we wouldn't even know that they're angels. Why do you say that, Pastor Ron? I'm just saying that, that, that we, the body that God is bringing, each and every one of us, the spiritual body, is going to have capabilities that is beyond our comprehension right now. And it's going to be awesome. And somebody said, why are you saying that, Pastor? Well, because as you do the plan and purpose of God, in fact, we should probably just read these verses so you can see what I'm talking about. But as you do the plan and purpose of God, you're setting yourself up for the measure of the glory of the body you'll have. And I'll tell you what, you're going to want the most glorious body you can get. You're going to want it. Somebody said, I don't care as long as I make it to heaven, but that's the problem. You're not going to stay there. You're coming back. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read these, this section of verses here. And uh, I hope you'll just, it'll just jump out at you. Be like, oh my gosh. Oh my. It says, but someone will say, this is verse 35, 1535. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, See, this body that I have right here, it's not what it shall be. It's just the seed. But a mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a, a body as he pleases. And to each seed, its own body. Every person in here is a seed. And God's going to give you a body as he pleases. And to each seed, its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there's one kind of flesh of men. Another flesh of animals, another of fish, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies, or the heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun. What's he doing here? He's making comparisons, right? 
He's making comparisons between glory in, in natural creation, uh, heavenly bodies, talking about the stars and all that kind of stuff. Then he actually brings out some of the heavenly bodies, the glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star is different from another star in glory. Anybody kind of look at the stars every now and again or study stars at all? And you know that even in our galaxy, our sun is like just piddly compared to the glory of some of the suns in our galaxy or stars in our galaxy, right? In other words, the measure of the glory of the sun is one measure. There is a measure of a star called Sirius. It's a top 10 star in our galaxy. And it is, I don't know, I don't remember because I don't remember looking at the exact differentiating, but it's so much more glorious. Notice what it says in verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. So also is the resurrection of the dead. So also is what? Well, just like there's a different glory of the flesh of men and of animals and of fish and of birds. Isn't there some birds that are just kind of ugly and just not so glorious? And then haven't you ever just seen some birds that are like, holy moly, I didn't know a bird like that could exist. That's awesome. That's a glorious bird. Or these crazy fish that they find in the depths of the ocean that are just ugly as sin. And then these other fish that are just, wow, that's awesome. Now, obviously, that's just a matter of preference. But you see what I'm saying? There's different measures of glory even within the creation. And then, of course, he mentions the, the stellar heavens. He says, this is what the resurrection of the dead is going to be like. What? Every person is going to be raised in a different measure of glory. And those of us that are alive and remain will be changed. It says that down here. So let's keep going. It says, the body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Thank God. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. That is so awesome. See, these bodies, they grow old. They grow weak. And you just can't do as much as you did when you were younger. Right? But you know what? That's going to change. You're going to have this body that has never quit, man. It's going to be awesome. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, that's Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. See, I got my natural body here, but afterwards coming my spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of the dust. That's all of us in here. And as, a, as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. Anybody in here, their, heaven is their uh, future habitation? That's all of us in here. Well, if Jesus is your Lord, it is. It says, and as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. What? Well, I have a body just like Adam's. It has a measure of glory as a human being. The measure of glory of humans is greater than the measure of glory of animals. People have not recognized this. In fact, it's so perverted that we want to save whales and not people. And we want to save wolves and not, you know, babies. And we want to save anything and everything, save the earth and not the people who live on the earth. Do you know that God sees things in varying measures of value? <laughs> no doubt he values the tree. I mean, he, he likes it. I mean, he made it but not as much as he values you. Oh, no, everything's the same. It's not the same. It's different. And you're better than the tree. And you're better than the whale and the spotted owl and the wolf. <laughs> now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's why you've got to have a spiritual body. This body right here, remember the Apostle Paul said in, I think it's 1 Corinthians 12, he said, or 2 Corinthians 12, I, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, he was caught up. He said, whether in the body or otherwise, I, do, I could not tell or I did not know, right? In other words, his uh, spirit man looked so much more like his physical body, he just really couldn't tell. But I can tell you something, I don't think it was his physical body that went up there. Because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. This cannot be in there. there. It cannot access there. But the future spiritual body that I have, will have, it will be able to. Look what it says. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. It's a hidden truth, guys. Wait for it. We shall, we shall not all sleep. So that answers the question of saying, well, but what if Jesus is going to come out? We're not all going to die, so are we not going to get a glorified body? Well, no. That just alleviates all fear. 
when Jesus comes back, look, it says, we shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in a moment. I'm thinking that's our generation, gang. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. Right? Their seed is where? In the ground. And for people that have been dead a long time or they've been cremated or something, it's just ashes everywhere. But you know what? That seed is there. It's waiting to spring forth. Uh, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Changed from what? Well, from mortal to immortal. From corruption to incorruption. Right? From dishonor to glory. From weakness to power. All these things. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. People are taking this verse out of context that I'm about ready to read, but you see it in context and you understand exactly what it means. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? That's when the saying comes to pass. It hasn't come to pass yet. It's about to, but it hasn't come to pass yet. What? Death is swallowed up in victory. No more to die. In other words, your spiritual body that you're about to get, it cannot die, it will not die. It is impossible for it to die. And it'll be good. Someone say, well, I feel terrible. I want to die. Well, no, but that, see that. <laughs> Remember, this body is sown in, in weakness but raised in power, okay? You've got to remember that. So get out of this natural way you feel right at this moment. Okay? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, after he says all this, he's talking about, you know, people are asking him a question. Apparently someone say, well, how are the dead raised up? I mean, how do they come? I mean, what's it going to be like? And Paul's trying to answer the Corinthian church. He says all this stuff. He's saying there's going to be different glory for people, just like there's glory of flesh of animals, this, that, and the other. There's different glory of the sun and the moon and all the different stars. So is the resurrection going to be. And then he, so he says all that. Then he, he says, therefore, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Another scripture says that God is not unjust to forget our labor of love. You know, God's keeping track. Every time that you feel like giving up and quitting, but you didn't, he's like, yeah, another measure of glory. Another, this follows all that. What? What you do with the plan and purpose of God, being immovable, being steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You do that because you know it's not in vain. You do that because you know it's preparing for something for you that... Uh, if you didn't do, or if you, yeah, if you didn't do, you wouldn't get. Yeah. Sometimes people are looking at me like cross-eyed. Don't you go to work to get a paycheck? Well, I do it just because I love it. Well, okay, that's fine. But you still get a reward. You still get something for your labor. You know that as you go do what it is you're supposed to do, there's a reward coming at the end of the week. I'll tell you what, there's a reward coming when Jesus comes back or when our this allotted period is done. And therefore, we should be steadfast. We should be immovable. Let me flush it out just a little bit more. Some people are still aren't convinced. Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 through 3 says this, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. What will the wise do? They'll shine like the what? Like the firmament, like the stars forever and ever. Who are the wise? Well, well, that, yeah, they are wise. Those who win souls are wise. That, that would apply. Who did Jesus say the wise are? The foolish person builds his house on the sand, which is likened unto hearing these sayings of mine and not doing them. 
And the wise person is likened to the person who built their house on a rock, right? It's the person who hears the sayings of Jesus and does them. Does that sound a little bit like 1 Corinthians 15, 58? Therefore be my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Does that sound anything like Galatians 3? Therefore, my beloved brethren, you know, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. Doesn't that kind of sound like all that? Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about the fire of God passing over all of our lives, wood, hay, and stubble all burning, right? Gold, silver, precious stone all being rewarded. I'm telling you something, there's something worth running for. I haven't seen it. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to be good. I've never seen the resurrected Jesus. I've never gotten to touch him. I've never gotten to feel him. I've never gotten to see the radiance of his glory. What that's going to be like to whatever degree or measure. So I don't know. I can't describe it. I can't explain it. But what I do know is that's what's coming. That's what's coming for you. (laughs) And it's worth running for. It's worth accomplishing the will of God for. It's worth being immovable and steadfast, abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because your labor is not in vain, gang. God's remembering. God's keeping track. Amen. Amen. Payday is coming. Are you talking about paying for your, you know, earning your salvation? No. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, right? For it is by grace you are saved through faith, faith right? This not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We're not talking about salvation. Eternal life is a free gift given to any person, every person that will receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. What we are talking about is the seed that you are working to plant right now. Your, seed, your body is a seed. You choose whether or not you're going to plant a seed that is this level of glorious or this level of glorious or this le- So based on whatever seed you plant is what is resurrected. Right? So okay, let me read this to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Is it verse? No, I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Did you catch that? Let me see. I think I wrote that down in the Amplified. Let me read that to you from the Amplified. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So as you behold in the Word of God, Jesus and His glory, you are being transformed into that same image. But from what? Well, from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Look. He said, uh, let me continue. As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, what are you going to plant? I am running my race with gusto as much as I can, abounding in the work of the Lord, being steadfast and movable. No doubt the devil throws things in my path to trip me up and stumble and mess up and do all sorts of things so that I can sow a less glorious body. But you know what? You push through all that, right? Our light affliction is but for a moment, but it is working for us uh, an exceeding measure of the... I'm not saying it just right. How does it go? An eternal weight of glory, right? An exceeding measure of the eternal weight of glory, Right? So many times we do have afflictions. We do have things that try to trip us up and get us to stop abounding in the work of the Lord uh, or being deceived into thinking, oh, it's no use. It doesn't matter. God doesn't not paying attention. He is paying attention. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And what are you doing? As you look steadfastly into the mirror, the glory of the Lord is transfiguring you or transforming you from one measure of glory to another. So at this point in my life, Alan Church has a measure of glory. But you know what? As I continue to walk with God and be immovable in the things of God, I'm being transfigured into another measure, a differing degree of glory. And guess what? If Jesus comes back then, well, then that was the seed that was sown and I'm raised to a different level of, of glory. You understand? Different seed, different body. Not everyone has the same body. Right? It's based on what you do. So, get after it. Don't quit. 
Pastor Mickey said it last week, if you're doing what you need to do and that kind of stuff, continue on. Keep after it, right? If you're feeling like right now stopping, quitting, giving up, just throwing in the towel, don't. Be immovable. Be steadfast, knowing your labor's not in vain. Keep it up. God's keeping track. And Jesus is coming back, right? And if you're not around when Jesus comes back, that's right. Your seed will just wait in the grave for a little bit. And then when you come back with Jesus at that last trumpet, your body will be raised incorruptible. Your spirit, your spiritual body will meet right there, wherever, and bam, good to go. It'll be awesome. Amen? So keep on running, gang. Keep on after it. It's exciting. There's a lot I could say about this, but some of you still just like, I don't know about all this. This is just weird. You're like, I just want to go to heaven. Stop talking like this. You, you, you've totally ruined everything I wanted to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Not really, but amen. Do you want me to receive the offering or do you want to do it? All right. Well, I guess we'll be done for now, but um, hey, abound in giving. Amen. It's not in vain, right? Don't grow weary in doing good, right? For in due season you shall reap. And that's, you know, I've been given since I was, well, faithfully since I was 16. That's when I, first, I, 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 that's when I started sitting under Pastor Mark and things like that and got a revelation of the word. I didn't even know, right? I was raised in a church that didn't teach anything. And um, so I just didn't know. So once I got, learned, when I got in the know, I started giving. Amen. Now, I did give before that, but it wasn't like, you know, being faithful and steady and all that kind of stuff. But, man, just keep after it. Amen. I like what Pastor Mark said this last weekend, you know. Uh, he, someone was saying to him, oh, it's not working. Well, actually, it is working. Right? It is working. I mean, seed works. It works. It really does. And this is good soil. Amen. Amen. Life Church is good soil. Praise God. Amen. So, if you came prepared to give tonight, well, then get ready to give. If you didn't and you want to, then hurry up. If, if you're not, then good. Amen. Let's come forward and let's pray over this.